Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I hope that you're having an amazing day. Um, I don't know if you're like me, you know, once in a while I have to do a little TV binging and then I come across shows like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? No, <laughs> and, and so far I'm not smarter than a fifth grader and so I'm, it's kind of a downer. But we want to encourage you today, we're going to talk about how to be a smarter ministry leader. So, Alan, I know that you're smarter than a fifth grader. How in the world? <laughs> Man, I, I, I don't know. The way they do math today, I don't think I could ever figure, figure that stuff out. So, I have to take um, my shoes off. That's yeah, yeah. Counting count, count and ciphering, as they used to say. Tough yeah. stuff out there. Yeah. And it's <laughs> tough being a pastor today. It is not an easy time to be a pastor. Um, but you know yeah. we've seen we've seen a lot of pastors um, blow up their ministries, and the amazing thing is it doesn't you know it doesn't matter mega church small church. There's a lot of guys who are doing some things that are not very smart in, in their ministries, and I think it's time that we talk honestly about just being smarter in in how we do ministry. And so we're going to tackle that topic today. We've got five things we're going to. We're going to kind of point out today, um, we'll have those in our show notes that you can take a look at, but these are just five areas that I think if we will work to be better in these areas, that we will be smarter in our ministries. Yeah, and so this is, the idea on this is to work smarter, not harder, I guess, um, you know, and so we want to, and Alan put together a list for today is really good, and so Alan the, the very first thing that you have on our list here is to develop more emotional intelligence. And so will you take a minute and kind of explain what emotional intelligence is? Not everyone may know what that term means. Yeah, you know, it's a term that wasn't even around 20 years ago, probably, but it's a term that's gotten kind of popular. They talk about it a lot in business circles and psychology circles and everything, but it really is it's our ability to be aware of ourselves and our interactions with other people and how they interact. And so it's making the most out of our relation, relational knowledge and relational awareness. So if you think of it from the, from the vantage point of how well do you read people? How well do you understand people? How well do you relate to people? All of those kinds of things are, are very important as far as how they go into our emotional intelligence you know 40 years ago if you were if you were a pastor and you were a good preacher you could get away uh, with maybe not being that emotionally intelligent being a little bit distanced from your people and not necessarily leading them lovingly uh, but you can't get away with that anymore you have got to have a large amount of emotional intelligence to to function successfully in ministry today here's a, a group of people that that really this is super important to i think is you've got your millennials and gen z uh generations that are really expecting you to relate well to them and to have conversations and to listen and and all that so that to me that's kind of what comes to mind is to when we're developing this and and it, some of this is natural, right, Ellen? It, it comes naturally to us, but that doesn't mean we can't grow in this. And 
So how can how can I grow in this area? Well, I think part of it is being aware of of um, who others are. It's really taking time to get to know them and listening to them and finding out what makes them tick, what what makes their day, what what is important to them. It's it's you know, I think of it like I did when I was coaching. You know, when I first started coaching runners, I really didn't know what I was doing and I was trying to learn on the fly because I got hired right before the season, just a couple of days before the season started and I go into practices and I hadn't planned any practices or didn't done anything like that. And every kid had to do the same workout. And they did that out of necessity because I didn't know what else to do. But the more skilled I got as a coach, the more I would tweak some workouts for some runners. Maybe a runner was dealing with an injury and they couldn't do the same workload and I needed to back off or or maybe we had had a kid who had it was coming back from an illness and so I needed to give them a different threshold of expectation and it was learning about okay you know or maybe there's a kid who they had had a really bad race and they're discouraged and they needed to do something that really encouraged them right I needed to give them a, a quick success to get them back it feeling right it was about learning to to read my team and and what they needed and the same same was true as a pastor you know is learning about to read my people you know you could come through an election cycle and people can be really down they can be really elated and even though our churches aren't places of politics it affects their life you know so do i need to be an encourager you know do what 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 role do i need to take here um as the pastor in that situation I really like that example, Alan. And so, you know, if you're a pastor and say in your community, there's been a major event, whether it's positive or negative, maybe a tragedy happened. And, and but you had a, a series planned. Well, you're going to be you're going to have enough emotional intelligence to realize, hopefully, that you need to ditch that series for a while and you need to just be, you know, encouraging the people going through that tragedy. I'm talking about what God's word says to, t- to people who are living through tragedy. And there's a lot of examples in scripture. So yeah, number one is developing more emotional intelligence. And that, that really is reading people, listening, getting to know them and speaking to them where they're at. I love that. So the second point you put on here, Alan, it kind of really flows with this too, is developing your self-awareness. And so kind of explained that. So there is a reason too, Trent, that I felt that this should be the second one we talked about. I feel sometimes we get to focusing on ourselves so much that we forget to focus on our ability to relate to others. And I think one of the things, my observations is I think we need more pastors to, to learn how to relate to others um, and to have some conversations. And I think when you have those conversations, it begins to reveal yourself to you. And so I, th- I actually think if you'll get better in emotional intelligence, you'll actually begin to know yourself better. But I do think that developing ourselves is a, is a huge is a huge task. You know, we've talked about the Enneagram on here before. Uh, we've talked about personality tests. There, there, there's so many sources out there. You actually just finished one recently um, from a company called Ministry Insights. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience um, with that and what that was like and what it revealed to you. Yeah, it was a, a great um, experience. We got to learn from the 
the CEO of that company. And then we got to take the assessment, which is leading from your strengths assessment. And uh, it really does give you a, a picture of, you know, a different picture. You know, we talked about the Enneagram, what Alan said, and we've gone and talked about several, and we want to give you a well-rounded view of yourself. And, you know, a person, people enjoy being around people that are comfortable in their own skin, right? Um, and and so the more we get to know ourselves and know, hey, these are my strengths, but these are my weaknesses. And understanding that this is how God made me, I'm, I'm growing in that. But but as we develop that awareness of how we function, um, that helps us to be a little more comfortable and at peace. And people are more comfortable being around us. And I think that's important as a leader. And we go back, we say this oftentimes, Trent, but you and I grew, grew up in a time when we were taught as young ministry leaders, don't admit your faults, don't show your weaknesses. Yeah. And that could not be further from the truth. It, it, I think vulnerability is, is important today. And I think that's, again, when we're talking about leading millennials, millennials and Gen Z, and I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure probably alpha generation will be the same. Um, that we we cannot lead them effectively if if we're not vulnerable because they'll tune us out and vulnerability is a, a big part it's just being authentic it's being it's being genuine and that that is to me that's a biblical trait is is to be authentic and so you know you've got to take time to develop yourself and developing yourself does not happen um you know with without intent you have to be willing to sit down and, and look look in the mirror. I think it also, it doesn't happen without taking time. Um, you know, we're so fast-paced sometimes, and some of our leaders are so busy. You don't take time to get to know yourself because you're always fighting fires. You know, it's always reactionary instead of being proactionary. And so um, I, this is good. So the first two are develop more emotional intelligence and along with that, developing your self-awareness. Now, Alan is better at this next one than I am because he's, he reads more than I do. <laughs> My ADD, I swear, kicks in and I'm like, well, that was one page, I'm good. <laughs> but I'm learning to read more. And, and uh, so the next point is to read from sources outside of ministry. So when you think about that, Alan, what comes to mind? Well, you know, Trent, let me just say, I, I don't necessarily enjoy reading just a ton, but Audible has become one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. I've needed I've needed to expand my base. And so I've just, you know, delved into some different things. I, I really enjoy a lot of biographies. You know, I just finished one about uh, not Walker, Texas Ranger, but Frank Hamer, Texas Ranger, uh, who, the <laughs> uh, Bonnie and Clyde fame, um, the one who brought mm-hmm. them down. Um, but it's his his story, and one of the things that I was so moved by in the story was here you've got this great law officer, highly respected as a law officer. There's a lot of conflicting messages throughout his life. You know, his life wasn't all clean and all, wasn't all rosy. There's some things in there that, that leave you scratching your head, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is a lot like a biblical character. There's a lot of bumps and bruises and a lot of things that you can actually feel kind of uncomfortable with um, when you know the story. And, you know, I, I just find that to be an important lesson. You know, it, 
I don't even know how many sermon illustrations, not even that many sermon illustrations out of that book necessarily, but I think it makes me better when I'm looking um, at people because I know more about where we've come from and and different things. And so I just think it's good whether, you know, some people love love fiction, some people love other things, but I just think it's great to read outside ministry every now and then. I used to love to pick up a Wired magazine or an entrepreneur, oh, yeah. two of my mm-hmm. favorite magazines. And I did, I got tons of sermon illustrations out of, the, out of those resources from reading what was going on in technology, in the technology world and in the business world. This is such a great point. I'm glad you put this and in, included this in the list. Um, I, all my life, I have had this goal to be what I call a Renaissance man. Um, someone who's able to talk with someone else about basically anything. I may not have a depth of knowledge about that topic, but I can at least begin a conversation and talk and, and then um, feel like, hey, they that person understands. And so I think this is a great area to grow in your depth and to, uh, you know, a person who's well-read and is constantly listening. I'm, I'm with you on Audible, Alan. Um, Dana and I, we've just listened to Ruthless, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and um, The Six Pillars of Intimacy. Um, you know, those are a couple we've listened to on Audible, and I've got a long list, of, you know, that I'm going through. And when we're, we're on the road a lot, Alan and I both are, and so it's a great opportunity. So if you're on the road, Pastor, if you work somewhere where you can listen, then we encourage you to get some books and start listening. Yeah, so let's talk about the fourth one because I think that may may tie in a little bit, Trent. And the fourth one is this: genuinely listen to people with other ideas from you. Now, listening is not necessarily agreeing with, but we have a huge problem today that there's a breakdown in communication. If our goal is to reach a lost world, but we won't talk to lost people because they have different ideas from us, we've got, we've already got a problem. So I think the ability to listen to people with other mm-hmm. ideas from us is hugely important. And that may be in, in areas of theology. It may be a, in, in areas of values. It, it may be in, in many areas. But we need to at least listen so that we know what they're saying and why they're saying it. And so that we have a basis, too, to care for that individual. I think you're right, Alan. Let me give you an example of where we what's happened here is um, at you mentioned the term cancel culture and Christians get all angry and there's other people that are just the cancel culture and they shut us down. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times, and currently this is definitely the case where Christians become just as much of the cancel culture and we shut people down. We don't listen. Um, we don't have the ability to set. And even if they, someone agrees with us vehemently that I can still listen to them and let them feel like they've been heard. Um, And this is so important to genuinely listen to people with other ideas, other values, other other faith. Um, I intentionally um, watch news from other sources that I don't necessarily agree with. I'll watch Al Jazeera and I'll learn from news around the world and and just so, I, so that I can understand where people are coming from. Because God's bringing the world to us, and we need to be able to hear 
and value people no matter what they look like, no matter what they believe, and, and if they have ideas that are different from us. So I think that's a huge deal. And so our first four ideas, again, are to develop more emotional intelligence, develop your self-awareness, read from sources outside of ministry, and genuinely listen to people with other ideas. And then that leads us to our last one, is to be willing to lose a few insignificant arguments. There's no insignificant arguments. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah. So what are you thinking? Oh, man, you know, I hate losing. <laughs> I hate losing. And I've spent way too much of my life trying to prove that I'm right in stuff that doesn't matter. You know, uh, that, you know, people want to argue about things that does it, does it really matter? Okay. You win. That's, that's fine. I don't have to win every single battle, every single argument I'm in. In fact, it gives me when I really need to win one, if I've lost a few along the way, um, or just put them to the to back burner, it makes it all that more important when I do win the right ones, mm-hmm. you know, because if, 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 if I won't ever, if I won't ever just concede on some things, I'm going to lose. I'll give you an example. So when I was a bivocational church planter, I had a, had a job and my boss one time looked at me. He just laughed at me. He goes, Alan, when you get something in your head, you're kind of like a bulldog. You just won't let go. (laughs) And then I was thinking about that later and I was thinking, I thought it was a compliment or was it? Because what we were talking about was stuff that didn't matter. And it was stuff, honestly, I had no control over and it didn't really play me well. It didn't play me well to try to win that argument. I should have just been willing to lose it and, and let it go. And I actually would have had a higher standing in my boss's eyes and, and not a lesser standing in my boss's eyes. So I had to work through that. And I think sometimes we, we, we get all bent out of shape and we've got to prove that we're right and we still lose, even if we win the argument. Oh, yeah. Good, good word picture, man. And that, you know, I, I've never seen anyone led to faith in Christ out of an argument, uh, you know, and we begin to think, hey, I got to get my ammo together. That's what you ask people, hey, you need to be sharing your faith. And, well, I don't know enough because they got to have enough ammo to win the, the debate, right? Um, but I, I don't think that's what we're called to do. And, and so if we're supposed to exhibit love, um, that means sometimes that I'm willing to lose those insignificant things. And, and gosh, we've got you know, examples throughout history where the monks used to argue and debate about how many angels could fit on the, the tip of a pin. And it's like, well, I hope that none can, because I want big angels helping me, not <laughs> weeny little angels. I don't want the babies in diapers playing harps, you know, stuff like that is like, what? why would you ever debate that stuff? And so uh, that's a great, great point. Well, and that's, I think it kind of takes us back to emotional intelligence, too. You know, to recognize and to, to realize that the relationship's more important than the argument. You know, and that's certainly true in marriage, right? You can you can win an argument and you can you can be right and still end up on the couch. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that that's not always it is that a win, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to really sit back and just say, you know what, this is one that I'll let it go. You're in a deacon's meeting and it's an argument over something that's really pretty trivial. 
lose it. Lose that mm-hmm. argument. Save save stand, taking a stand for when the stand matters. Right. And I think that that's one of the smartest things that, that you can ever do. And I, I, can I just tell you, I blew, I've blown that a whole lot more uh, than I'd like to admit. Yeah, you're not the only one, Alan. <laughs> you're not the only one. Uh, I have hoof and mouth disease way too many times. Um, so um, I, these are all of these are great points. And I, we want you to be a smarter ministry leader. We want you to uh, be able to do ministry well. And so let me just run through the five again. Um, one is to develop more emotional intelligence, to be able to understand and read people better. Then develop your self-awareness, and that means that you're going to constantly be growing and becoming more comfortable in your own skin. You're going to begin to read from sources outside of ministry. Um, You can always gain some great insights from those. Genuinely listen to people with other ideas. Um, Genuinely listen, I think, is the key to that. And then lastly is be willing to lose a few insignificant arguments. All of those are great points, Alan. And so I appreciate you bringing those to us. Yeah, we just want you to be a a smarter ministry leader. We're we're in this for a long time. If we're going to be in it, we just need to continue to grow. Make all these things a a matter of growing in your personal life. And you won't won't regret those things. But I'm sure in the course of events, we have missed something. And you might have an idea. Please... uh, Reach out to us. Let us know what we missed, what we could have added to our list. We'd love love to hear from you on that. Share this episode with someone if it's been a help to you. We'd get the word out about the Enduring Churches podcast because we're here to help you and your church endure. So thanks for catching us today. We look forward to catching you on our next episode.